You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. We won a game of football. Calm down, everybody. We actually won a game of football. Oh, it's nice. I'm happy. It's a Sunday morning. I'm happy. And I'm talking about a win for the first time since I think the 15th of January or whenever it was. It's been a long, long time coming. I'm joined by Tom Coley from Football London. Tom, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm much better for a win. It, it, it's quite crazy that Chelsea used to do this regularly. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah, quite, quite a very foreign feeling I had at full time. It says, oh, what's this feeling? It's happiness. I've not felt this for a long time, uh, certainly in regards to Chelsea. So there was a was... sense of delirium, like yes. chasing chasing a single goal. That's all Chelsea fans wanted. It didn't really matter how. It was actually like delirium, people going crazy. Um, remarkable. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As I always do, guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Tom, tell people where they can find your, your work for Football London and also... The Bounce, uh, not The Bounce Blues, that's my other podcast, Blue Crew Podcast. Sorry, I was giving Travis Lexters a plug there. I've got so many great right. guests with podcasts, so I just get a plug. The Blue Crew Podcast, tell me where they can find that as well. No, 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 please, please, please plug Travis's podcast as well. Another another, another good listen. We're not we're not competing here, we're working together. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, as you say, uh, work would be on Twitter at Tom Coley 49 and then uh, on Football London. If you catch me on a good day, it'll be any of basically any of the pieces you read. There'll be loads out basically every day on Football London. I post a fair few of them on Twitter as well. And then also you can catch our own podcast, which probably covers very similar topics and feelings to you, although we don't have guests because we're not welcoming at the Blue Crew podcast. <laughs> we just stick to the trio and we don't welcome people on. We're our little echo chamber. Um, so, yeah, if you want if you want another Chelsea podcast, uh, then the Blue Crew podcast uh, at the Blue Crew Pod One on Twitter, I believe. Links will be in the description below. Make sure you check Tom and that podcast 
out. All right, Tom, there is only one place to start. Leeds United yesterday. Chelsea picked up their second win in 12 games in 2023 and their first in seven matches since beating Crystal Palace 1-0 in January. Just happiness. There doesn't, we don't need to, I mean, we will get into it. But I think the overriding feeling that everyone just should have leading their game is being happy. And any moans, any concerns, just put them put them temporarily to the side because we won a game of football and we got to experience a feeling we've not felt for a long time with Chelsea. Yeah, we did. Um, it actually had lots of lots of parallels to the Palace game. I, I was I went with my brother, um, and the last game he went to was also Palace. And the more we sort of thought about it, we're like, ah, oh, you know, nil nil at half time, win the win the game with a goal from a set piece, a little bit scrappy, and then sort of face a late siege um, from the visitors. So the more that had a goal as well to win it, the more that things sort of went on, the more parallels we sort of drew, drew between the performances. But um, yeah, it, it didn't feel like other wins, I guess. Um, I think when when that Palace win happened, there was sort of an expectation that Chelsea would continue the run and not go on to get no wins in six, three defeats in the last three games. Um, so... It was it was just it was just a happy feeling, I think, in general. Like when you win a game one nil and when you're struggling, all the sort of concerns sort of go out the window, you know. You can analyse it all you want after the game, but say at full time it was just it's three points that Chelsea deeply, deeply needed. Just for confidence, if nothing else. Indeed, and Chelsea made a bit of history yesterday. Yesterday, all seven Premier League games were won by the home side, only the second time in the competition's history to have seven matches with an hundred percent win record by the home side after the 28th of October 2000. So there we go. Chelsea, you know, you're a small, tiny part of history, although obviously I think a lot of listeners and a lot of people would have been happy if that stat had not happened due to a certain other game, including a London team. But anyway, not important right now. Um, Tom, let's get into it, right? Let's just get into that game. On this, and I guess a lot of feeling with Chelsea is, you know, prior to the previous two defeats where they were just pretty poor, there was nothing really positive to say. The common feeling is there's been signs in games, there's been some really nice stuff we've seen, fine margins, etc. But we're not getting these wins. And it was just like, it was almost like, and you're kind of thinking like, right, how long can this continue with? So I let's get into it, right? The first 30 minutes yesterday, we played some really, really good stuff, I thought. We missed a couple of really, really big chances. Kai Havertz has played through uh, by Raheem Sterling. His shot, I guess, just lacks the composure uh, to slot past Ian Melier. And again, that's just, you know, typical Kai Havertz, I guess. And uh, a second chance, Kai Havertz plays a lovely ball for Ben Chilwell. But, you know, Ben Chilwell, saw, I don't know if he's almost in two minds, whether to square it or, or shoot, but it doesn't really have a conviction in that area. He also probably has a face to take a touch. And poor, and poor Joao Felix. I know I've been literally, I've been butchering his name ever since he signed and I'm going to try and get it right from now on. Joao Felix. Joao hits Felix. the bar from a lovely, you know, lovely move that Raheem Sterling passed back to him and he, and he hits the inside bar. Tom, those first 30 minutes, some really nice stuff, but about a moment in time, we're also thinking, oh, we've seen this story before, haven't we? Yeah, it, it was, um, it was very much, not, 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 not the story of Chelsea's season, but it was that sort of the script that you could very much write. I mean, people were joking before the game, but that this was exactly what Chelsea were going to get. This is what you were going to get, maybe thirty minutes, and then you, you can see, and and you did see against Tottenham, and not really against Southampton because they never got going, but certainly against West Ham, you sort of saw not the confidence drain out of them, but the sort of ah, oh, 
we, we've not capitalised here. And it is, it is hard in the Premier League against any team to sustain constant, constant pressure. But that is basically what Chelsea did for 30 minutes against Leeds, which was good. But you, you could sort of see that, you know, the way things were going is say you, you hit the bar, you miss a couple of big chances. And all of a sudden, that confidence that, that maybe is has been built up throughout the week uh, in training, it just it just isn't quite there. And you think, is it going to be one of those days? And that's very much the feeling that that I think I think the stadium had, and you could see it with the players. And then frustration starts to grow when players start passing backwards, and they're not quite as as fear as fearless going forward. And it is something that does just build, and that you know, not sure how loud they were really, but there were more boos at half time. And, and you're, you're just thinking, if Chelsea don't come out here and get a goal quickly, then it's gonna it's gonna fester. It's gonna keep going on. And I think luckily in the end, when, when was it? It was within about it was within 15 minutes of, of, of half of the break wasn't it around 60 minutes when Fafana scored the goal but you could you could feel things starting to just get a little bit here we go again with Chelsea and that's sort of what you can expect from Chelsea at the moment because they've got lots of nice attacking players they've got the wing backs coming back as well um I hope we talk about Ben Chilwell in the because I thought he was excellent yesterday um but there's no striker to finish off the chances. You know, Havertz, you say, you know, it was on his right foot as well. If it was on his left foot, maybe it's different. But how many people were really confident that Kai Havertz was going to score that chance when he set their own goal? And that's sort of the state that Chelsea are in at the moment. Um, there's just not that much confidence. It's, it is a shock at the moment when the ball goes in the net. And I don't think there's much that can be done with the current squad to change that other than try and make the chances bigger. But when they do come along, you have to try and score them, which makes set pieces even more important. And I mean, you'll know it, Nick. Chelsea haven't scored from set pieces. We don't do it this season. Usually they're cleared away at the near post and we've started conceding from them too. It's a bad recipe. But yesterday, in general, managed to defend them pretty well. And we did manage to create a couple of chances, actually. I think Fafana probably should have hit the target with one in the first half. Um, always a threat. So it's a good on, Wesley Fafana, actually. Yep, yep, indeed. His goal was in the 53rd minute. So right, sort of start of the second half, just when we needed it, and obviously we will get on to Wes, etc. When we go into questions, uh, Tom, before we go on to players, I just kind of want to link it in just briefly onto to Grand Pod here because I think ultimately yesterday doesn't really change anything in the wider picture. Nothing really changes. It's a one nil win against Leeds. It's a result that was needed. It needed to happen. It just needed to to give us confidence ahead of a, a big game on Tuesday night. It was nice to get that winning feeling. And I think ultimately, end of the day, it doesn't, that should not alter any people's perspectives one way or the other on Graham Potter. Um, obviously, we could get onto the subs as well and the listener questions in a bit. But it's just one of those, just enjoy the win. Don't read anything really too much into it. I kind of liken it earlier to the season when Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher scored that, scored that winner at Crystal Palace. I have no clue what this really means in the bigger picture for him. It's a moment for him that he'll never forget in the Chelsea shirt, scoring his first just gone for Grand Pod. It was just a win. It was just a win that we needed. A win against a rival, a win that for a certain older generation of fans meant a lot as well. And they'll have gone home happy. And it was just one of those, just enjoy the win. There's, you know, it was not outstanding. It was far from perfect. It was, you know, it was a one nil win. Given the circumstances, you're not going to complain. Given the conditions, you're not really going to argue or moan too much about the quality of win when we've been struggling to win. It was just one just you know, just a much needed sort of small confidence boost. Just, you know, enjoy the moment and then, and then just move on, you know, to, to Dortmund, really. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. I mean, I think Daniel Charles has been really vocal with it. I've agreed with him pretty much on it throughout the week. But if it comes down to being two games to save Potter's job, then he's already lost his job. You know, that that it, it doesn't really that doesn't really make sense. Um, if you're going to think that something is almost trivial as a set piece goal against Leeds is going to save him, then it's it's not worth sticking with if that's the point that you've got to. So football is a is is something about it, it's it's a game of moments of enjoyment and Chelsea fans finally got their goal yesterday. They took the piss. They were singing, you know, we are staying up and we've scored a goal and it was happy. And and you do, you take those three points and you, and you get back on it and you go, yeah, that's fine. That this is now turning attention now towards Dortmund. That's the one that will matter again. Ultimately, I don't think beating Dortmund secures Graham Potter's job for any longer than the uncertainty that it already is. I think it is just about making the most of this season now. And Dortmund can do that. It can extend what actually matters within the parameters of this season. And that that should be what matters here. You know, these players are playing for pride effectively. Um, you know, to, to Chelsea fans, does it really matter if we are in the Europa League, Conference League or not in any of them? I, I don't think so, particularly. I don't think people are going to be that worried. It's not going to make that much difference in the... In, in the grand scheme of things. So you've got to look at what this matters for the players, what this me- matters means and matters for Potter. And I think it's a really hard one to sort of understand, but the, I think you're absolutely true. The, the wider point from this is it doesn't change anything, really, but enjoy the moment. Chelsea have won a game. It's what people have been asking for for ages. You know, you see, the, you see tweets every single week. Not that Twitter's the place to go for you know, proper opinion, proper rational opinions all the time, but it's just win. And then Chelsea do just win. I don't think you can complain particularly, you know. People have been very harsh recently on what has been improved performances from what we had been seeing and saying, oh, it's a results business. And then all of a sudden the result comes and it's not good enough. I I, I don't understand that. You, you want to win first and foremost. And then if good performances can come with it, then you take that. And I've been... Across the last couple of months, the last month especially, been very sort of, I hate the word, but sort of like process orientated. You've got to look and say, have the performances been getting better? Yes, they have on on the whole, but you do need the win to back it up at some point. And even if it is just for happiness, even if it is just to keep people off Potter's back, and even if it is just to give a bit of confidence and to get the atmosphere going ahead of Dortmund, then if that's all that this game does and that's the only purpose it serves, then so be it. Then really so be it. That's absolutely fine. It doesn't have to be anything bigger than that. You know, football is 38 games, most of them at three o'clock on a Saturday. When you win them, you're happy. When you don't win them, you're not happy. It, it, it That part of it is pretty simple. Yeah, I don't think it really has to be any deeper than that. Um, let's kind of move on to some player performances um i guess we'll just throw in the first listener question here uh it was from christopher he said i just like a few minutes dedicated to discussing how good wesley fafana can be been a shining light in the last few weeks and tom credit to him you know i think he has in general his chelsea career which has you know been very stop start has been very solid on the whole he's bit he's been good and it's you know i mean it's easy to say have we missed him or not because baddie Shile has stepped in and, and done well sort of in the back for tiago silver and the conceding of goals hasn't necessarily been actually a huge issue but just just a word on Wes because you know excellent yesterday I thought he was actually coming on for Thiago Silva against Spurs away he was pretty solid coming off coming on a home to Southampton he was 
pretty solid. He has just been, you know, a very solid, good player. And clearly shows shown what he's capable of. It's just, you know, keeping him on the pitch. Yeah, I, I think he's been. I think he's been really good actually when he's played. Um, you know, it, you just have to look at. There's the picture, isn't there? Enzo Fernandez, Badiashio, and uh, Fafana, and you're looking at them going 21, 22, 22. They're young players. Um, and actually, sorry, just just to go back a little bit, you got to look at yesterday. And even though Mudrik and Madueke weren't really, Mudrik obviously wasn't involved. Madueke was a sub. You know, like this is only Badiashio's second win as a Chelsea player. This is Enzo Fernandez's first. You know, um, Wesley Fafana. It's his first since he came back. You know, the, the, these players haven't actually experienced winning. So, and the new signings that have come in haven't had the com- they haven't been able to build confidence for anything. They've not come into a winning environment. And doing that yesterday, just completely like completely base level analysis, it's confidence. They're going to be happy. It's going to mean a lot to get their first win. Um, and coming back to Fafana, I do. I was really, really impressed with him against Southampton. Um, when he came on, and again, again against Tottenham, I completely agree. It's now what is he, he scored against AC Milan in a game that we won at home, and he scored again yesterday. He gets his chances at that near post. He, he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's growing more and more confident. I think on the ball. I think his first game was at Palace. Um, did, did he play against Zagreb? Palace? He played in Zagreb, didn't he? When we lost one I just remember the game against Palace. Palace, but you, oh yeah, Palace there's Palace under Potter. Yeah, there's a, and I yeah. think does he get beaten or Edward or someone sort of sneaks in behind him? Yeah, he was, and he was a bit lax on the ball a couple of times. I think there were a couple of, I think he was just sort of getting to grips with it, which was understandable. Um, you know, he's coming under Tuchel, and all of a sudden he's under Potter, that sort of thing. But I think he's been really solid, and he's the sort of player that I think, especially because Chelsea aren't having a good season. Him and Badia Shiel and lots of the new signings, but especially those two, could really go under the radar between now and the rest of the season to the wider footballing world. I think you could sort of come into something where they have really, really solid, I don't know, the next like three months, they could have a really good end of the season. And people probably wouldn't really pick up on it because Chelsea aren't a big talking point. Um, and that would bring a lot of confidence going into next season. And that is effectively probably what Chelsea have got now for the rest of the season is, is a stepping stone for that. But yeah, for Fana to come back in after injury, he had, I think he spent a bit longer out after that AC Milan injury than people thought he was going to be. Um, but to come back in, in the way he has with the sort of turmoil going on around him and he's shown a really mature head, I think, to sort of be able to come into those circumstances. And he looks like a really good character. And you've got to remember as well, in that defence as well, you've now got three French-speaking centre-backs there yesterday. You know, two actual Frenchmen and Koulibaly as well, which is only going to help things when they're trying to settle down. Um, So I wonder if there's something a little bit deeper to that as well. But really, really impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh... Tom, Ben Chilwell, someone who has, coming back, it's been quite hard to kind of assess with Chilwell. I think he's had some solid games. He's had some pretty, you know, below average games. I thought last week against Spurs, he was was pretty poor on the whole. Um, But yesterday, I thought he was, that was sort of more of a Ben Chilwell we kind of know. And, you know, in the absence of Rhys James, him being involved in the way he was, was, was massive for how we played. It was. I think we look back to 
the first podcast of the season against Everton and Chilwell played, didn't he? And you could see he was slow. He really wasn't at it. And obviously since then, he's had another injury. People have doubted it. But I thought yesterday was was back to old Ben Chilwell and especially without Reese James. There was a really big, I think, imbalance in the way that Chelsea was sort of going forward. Loftus-Cheek was sort of like what you get from Loftus-Cheek in midfield on the right-hand side where he didn't quite drive into the space and didn't quite make the most of it. It's solid enough, but not quite Reese James' sort of level of attacking threat. Whereas Chilwell was always running. I mean, he makes that run in behind um, the sort of fullback and into that space every single time a centre-back gets the ball. And we see Thiago Silva play it quite a lot. Yesterday, we actually saw Enzo Fernandez playing the switches, which was really refreshing because Chelsea haven't done it. But there was space for Chilwell to go into all the time, all the time. And there, there was, even though it came from a set piece, I wasn't surprised to see him involved in what ended up being the winning goal because it, it did feel like things were going to come from Ben Chilwell, really. Um because that's Chelsea. It it has to be wing backs and defenders, uh, because nobody else is gonna do it. But he was really solid. He didn't really get tested at the other end. I mean, the tackle he made in the first half was ridiculous. I mean, I don't really know what he was doing in the middle of the pitch, chasing someone in there and just slashing them down. But I thought he was really, really solid and I was really impressed because without Reese James it could be very hard. Chelsea have looked imbalanced in general, but and Chelsea didn't exactly look balanced yesterday because I everything did have to come through the left, I felt. But you can see why the three four three is going to be incredibly viable again going forward um, with James and Chilwell because they're just so natural in those wing back spots, and you can even imagine Silva when he comes back sort of pinging those balls in behind again to Chilwell. If if they if he can stay fit, he's an absolutely brilliant player. I think you see things on Twitter and people are a bit like, oh, don't don't forget about Ben Chilwell. I'm like, well, I don't know who is forgetting about Ben Chilwell. Like, I don't think yeah. people. Are, I don't think people write him off. Like, people think that he's written off. Like, yeah, it's just. I think it's it is weird. Like, because I do see some people sort of like quite dismissal of Chilwell, and I'm like, I, it does surprise me a bit. But I don't think that's really a, a majority. That's just a a small section. I think in general, yeah, people do know what Ben Chilwell offers, and he's you know been very good. Um. The standard Badi Shile again, solid. Koulibaly, solid. Uh, Enzo, again, in midfield, pretty good. Nice to see Kovacic you know, back out there, um, solid. Uh, again, minutes in the tank for, for Dortmund, where you'd think he'll be in important parts by him, you know, potentially captain again for that. Um, front three, Tom, because I know, like, looking at it, Havertz misses a chance, Felix misses a chance, but I actually quite like what I saw from that front three. And I know there's been frustrations from some people go like, Oh, why is you know Mudrick not playing? Or why isn't Madawaki getting you know playing this game? Why isn't David Datcher final playing this game? I'll be brilliant. Honest, I had no issue with that front three, and I think ultimately Kai Havertz does offer more than David Datcher for Fana up front. I would expect that. I, yeah. You know, I wasn't as impressed by everyone else that with David Datcher for Fana's first forty-five minutes against Southampton. I really didn't really you know I mentioned at the time I didn't really get what people saw. He was like the best of a bad bunch in that first half, but still wasn't really. I think, you know, that great that end. Um, and it's one of the things, I guess, the frustrating thing that we're going to talk about this run three moments, right? This is what, like, we, this feels like a common theme just talking about the Chelsea Tap years. They show moments and you just want to see that bit more. Because, as I said, Kai has two really nice, you know, two big moments in that first half, that shot that gets saved and that, that pass he plays for, for Gerard to fire wide. Sterling's involved in a couple of nice things. And, and obviously, Felix... It's a bar, and it's just one of the things with Joao Felix. Like you watch him, 
And there's like a moment, I think there's like a little pass that he sort of like is played into and he sort of flicks it off his back or whatever onto an oncoming field. And I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, you are a bit hazardesque, but you're just like, yeah. that, you know, that, I don't know, 20, 30% less ability, 20, 30% less sort of clinical in front of goal. And it's just like, I really like watching you. But mm. you're sort, I'm sort of like, but are you doing enough in a sense? Like I know, because obviously, you know, there's going to be talk in the summer about do we make it? Do we go for it? And make it permanent and like he just he shows moments and then again with Kai Havertz I think we're probably reaching again like as we mentioned I think when last time you're on a big decision in the summer with him because again yesterday had moments in the game had some really nice moments but at, at the end of the day he doesn't walk away with a goal or assist to show from that performance and so I mean I mean to be his credit Sterling in these last couple of games since coming back I think has offered has offered something yeah I was going to start on a on the most positive note I think I think Sterling's been really positive since coming back from as against Southampton, you know, could have had a couple of goals. I would go as far as to say this has probably been his best run of performances in the Chelsea shirt. Um, he's obviously had goals in other games, but not necessarily had the performance, you know, the, the wider things. He sort of scored like Sterling does. But I think the way he sort of actually linked into the front three, he's sort of more confident on the ball, dribbling a little bit. You know, I think yesterday he played a bit more on the right-hand side, whereas he's, you know, prefers to play on the left-hand side. You know, you can imagine link-up building with them. And, and I do wonder that has got to be the front three we go with against Dortmund. I'd be very, very, people are saying, ah, oh, he's saving Mudrick for the speed. Well, no, I think that people have been get very much against Potter chopping and changing. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that same front three start against Dortmund. Havertz, is a really weird one um, because he's so clearly not the number nine that Chelsea need. But as you say, David Datre Fofana also really isn't that man. Um, right now anyway, certainly right now. Yeah, not at all. You know, that half against Southampton, he had one sort of run. That was yeah. it. He didn't really do anything. You else. never thought he was going to score a goal or was really involved in anything going forward. It was just, you know, putting himself about a bit, like which was yeah. basically better than everyone else. Like there was a reason that Chelsea were looking to get him out on loan again in January. You know, he, he wasn't meant to be part of this squad, really. Um, and when it comes to Havertz, as I say, he, he's so clearly not the striker and he doesn't move like a striker because he doesn't really, he doesn't hold the ball up and he doesn't really pin defenders. And he doesn't quite run in behind like a striker would. But when he plays a bit deeper, he's not like Felix. He's not got the feet. He's not got the incredible pass. He's not got the sort of flair. And you still wonder, I know the question is like, like, what is Kai Havertz? What is he going to be at Chelsea? And I'm sort of looking ahead, trying to think from potentially next season. And if Chelsea are going to eventually move to a back four, which is something that we've seen even with Enzo Fernandez isn't going to be doing all that defensive midfielder because we've we've seen it you need, you still need that physical presence is are Felix or Havertz the sort of false nine number nine that Chelsea are going to need in in the 4-3-3 or the 4-2-3-1 you're just you're leaving yourself not knowing you don't know you know, you wouldn't be confident that either of them are going to produce the goods particularly like like consistently output wise they do seem to link well. Like Havertz and Felix make chances for each other just with their movement, which is something that you just don't get with Aubameyang. Um, I know you speak to Travis quite a lot and Travis has been very much against the sort of 
Aubameyang revisionism, you know, the sort of... Yeah. Oh, agreed, agreed. This place unless... scores all the chances. No, no he exactly. doesn't. And, unless, and as, as I've said before, unless you were fuming about him being left out originally of a new Champions League squad, like, stop stop complaining. Like, this is person from October has not done much. Sure, he may have put some of the chances that Havertz missed, but would he have been in the positions to put them away? Like, exactly. do, do we play as well without, you know, with him in that team? And also, like, this isn't, this is, there's no real reason to hammer Aubameyang here, but I, I don't think he's probably as quick as Havertz is. I don't think Sterling plays that ball through. He probably doesn't get the shot away in any better time than Havertz does. Um, I just think Chelsea, Chelsea are dealing with attackers that aren't really going to score goals at the moment. Um, so it's about trying to create as many chances as you can and hoping that at some point Ben Chilwell or Reese James pops up to score the goal. Um, and that is about as good as, it, as it's going to be um, until these sort of half chances start going in. I mean, Jao Felix has hit the bar twice now. You know, you, you feel like he's... he's Is it being unlucky? To say that he, he could have four to five Chelsea goals already and he's got one. You know, things could be so different. So they're not a million miles away. You know, Kai Havertz, again, he is prone to these streaks where he will just score like four or five goals in a couple of weeks. You know, get a hat-trick against Burnley and then everything will be fine. So maybe it is just a confidence thing. Um I don't think Havertz is the answer to many things, but I do feel like he he's the system is not made to get the best out of him because it's asking him to do something that he just isn't. Um and he's consistently hammered for it, which is understandable because he, he sort of he sort of lost the right to be Felix, to be the exciting player that plays um in the hole, which is probably where he wants to play because it's been two and a half years. And it's a bit sad for him, but Yesterday, I didn't think I didn't think he was brilliant. To be honest, I thought Felix was a bit more exciting. You know, could have had a goal. I thought Sterling was probably the best of of the three. I'm confident going into Dortmund that, that, that they are the best partnership for the job, but that doesn't necessarily tell you too much. Plus, that allows Mudrick to come off the bench, which is always going to be a weapon, pretty much no matter who you play against. I'm not worried about him for the record. He's come over. He's acclimatising like everybody else. It'll be fine. Just give him, just give time for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Indeed, I think we'll kind of leave the sort of the general lease discussion there and we will move on to listener questions. So we'll just get to it because Tom, this was quite a big talking point, certainly that I saw. 
during game. RJ and Vic want to know thoughts on, you know, Paul's approach and the substitutions kind of post our goal because it did. It, it, I think it, they, they did kind of reflect the position Chelsea were in. I think if Chelsea are confident and more flying, I do not think you see those subs. I think you see players being brought on to, you know, try and get a second and kill that game off. It was kind of telling, but you see Gallagher coming on for, was it Felix? You see, yeah. you know, Zachariah coming on. You kind of see, like, we're just kind of shoring up. And it, it did seem yesterday that there really sort of was an opportunity for someone like a Mikhailo Mudrik with the space that Leeds, you know, would leave yeah. as they tried to chase a goal. It did seem, you know, I guess quite quite telling. As I said, the subs sort of made yesterday were, were Gallagher uh, and Zachariah on for, for Felix and Sterling in the 68th minute. That was... Uh, I guess pre-telling where it was go. Carney for cover, just like for like. Nonny coming on on for Ruben and then Trev coming on uh, for Enzo later on. But I guess that was, it was interesting. But I guess, is, is it just a simpler saying, that's where we are right now. And it was just about Potter doing what he, you know, thought was best for him. And it was an almighty gamble because if it back, if it, you know, they equalise, then he is getting a lot of stick and a lot of, a lot of negativity coming his way. But it was just one of those where, you know, we've gotten away with it. And, you know, it was just almost to get that win and we'll kind of see if that, what that approach is like moving forward. Yeah, I, I think this is this is very much the state of where people sit with Chelsea right now, that they wanted to see more from the performance against Leeds, which is understandable. You know, you do want to see Chelsea putting in a couple of goals. But Chelsea couldn't beat Southampton. Um, getting the win was the most important thing here. And Chelsea didn't really give up too many chances. I think Kepa had... Two saves to make. One of them was from Elier in the last minute, and one of them was a shot low down to his left, which was comfortable. Leeds weren't knocking on the door. They had chances. I mean, I can't remember who it was. Somebody missed a big chance from Ailing's sort of shot cross, uh, probably about 25, 20 minutes to go. Um, was that Jorginho, Jorginho Ruto ever missed a decent? Yeah. We just sort of missed kicked it or whatever. We didn't really get proper contact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Liam Toomey's Liam Toomey did his piece on it, basically saying this was Potter playing like a manager who knew he needed to win. You know, who who was for the first time this was Potter defending the result that he had. He's not been in that position very much. It, if things were very different and Chelsea were winning games, this wouldn't be a problem because Chelsea would have seen out the win. But I don't see it being a massive, massive issue. Um, th- th- this group of players don't know how to win games at the moment. As I said, you know, there's lots of young players on that pitch, lots of players that haven't played together that long that haven't won together yet. So getting the win was the most important thing here. I do agree. I think that going forward, he, Chelsea should have left something because Havertz just got even more isolated. Mudrick would have been a good option for the counter-attack. <coughs> um, but I think the outrage that people have seen has been a little bit overblown. I, I don't quite get it. I think this is people making something out of nothing because they want to. Um, Chelsea have won the game. I, I wouldn't be complaining about the subs because Chelsea have won the game. You know, we don't know how things work. We've got Kovacic coming back here from injury. We've got Raheem Sterling also coming back from an injury and you're looking ahead to Tuesday night as well. You know, this is this is not perfect Chelsea at the moment that definitely sees out a game. So I think it's important to sort of be balanced enough to say that, look, Chelsea Chelsea got the job done. It could have been better, but when you're not winning games, it's just getting across the line. And and Chelsea did do that. I mean, building up minutes again, 
Zakaria and Gallagher haven't really had that many minutes in recent weeks. They could be really important. Moving on, I do get the frustration because Leeds were there for the taking, especially straight after Chelsea scored, had a good start to the second half. But I don't think it's that much of a big thing. This isn't going to be Graham Potter's, you know, it's not going to be boring, boring Chelsea, 1-0 win every single week. That That's not going to be the way it works. But I find it hard to think that you can complain that Chelsea aren't winning enough games and then Chelsea try to shore up a game. And that also angers people. They probably were overly defensive changes, but Chelsea won the game. Like, people yeah. have been complaining that Graham Potter doesn't make substitutions early enough, especially when they're behind or drawing. And here they are, here he is making changes, albeit defensive ones. It, it, I think it's a bit of a moot point at this, you know, after the game. It's a bit, I don't really think it's that worth over-analysing because it's happened and Chelsea won. If Chelsea drew, yes, you're going to attract criticism and probably rightly so, but they didn't. So you could probably move on from it without it being that deep. Yeah, exactly. We're we're not exactly a team filled with confidence. You're just trying to get over the line and do what you can. As said, it worked. It worked. So, you know, we won. We'll leave it there. Uh, next question comes in from Travis. How much more important is the result than the performance? Tom, as we kind of mentioned, like, if this did feel just more important, and the game is the same way the Southampton, when we lost 1-0, the, the result there was more important than any forms we put in. As a result, we didn't get the result and we put in a pretty awful performance against Southampton. But it was just important because when we talk about processes and projects, obviously you do want to see improvement game by game. You want to see things you like. And what was nice about this was we won and we did see some nice things in those first 30 minutes. But when you're going through a process, a project, there are games you just have to win no matter what. Like there will be games like when even when we look back to sort of, you know, Arteta's struggles at Arsenal, there were still games that, like, you know, he won, right? There were still games that, even if they were not convincing or pretty, they won. And that's just for people who kind of draw the Potter Arteta comparison. But it was just one of those... And, Tom, as we, I guess it's sort of a lose by the It was important just to win, just because it gives us something to build on for Tuesday. But it just gives... Yeah. Increases belief. It just gives a reason. Like, I mean, even if we'd not won yesterday, I'd have still had belief we could go past Dortmund just because I think, in general, our best performances have been in the Champions League yeah. The season and Chelsea tend to perform better in that competition than domestically, purely because I think they're better suited for that competition with the with the squad they've got. But it just was important to win because I guess one it it, it just increases happiness on the, in on the fat win the fan base within the players. It gives them belief because also not just in football in life or everything. If ever you're doing something, working hard towards something, and you're putting in work, if you're not getting the results, you are still going to like doubt yourself and question like am am what I do is what I'm doing right. So to get sort of like some semblance of, I guess, reward or, you know, something tangible to, to show from it is is obviously important as well. 100%. It's a duck that's now been broken. As I said earlier, here are players that have not won together yet and they will be doubting because I don't have a problem with with the effort that this group of players are putting in. That sounds incredibly Graham Potter, doesn't it? Um, but like this, this hasn't been a mentality thing. You know, we've had our previous, ah, oh, the same group of players have, have chucked in the towel again and they're not trying and all of that. I don't have that problem with this group of players at the moment. They're a young group. They're coming together. It, it, it's been tough. They're going to enjoy this win. They're, like this is, this is, they will be working hard. 
for this and it's just not working at the moment on the pitch you put it perfectly this is the reward okay a one win against Leeds and three points in the league that ultimately probably doesn't matter doesn't make up for losing to Southampton and drawing to West Ham and the bad run that Chelsea have been on it, it doesn't there's no hiding that but this is proof that this thing can work that Chelsea can get results I mean Chelsea have been hammered for so long for being fragile you know and you know the, the, the way that we've spoken about that Man United game a couple of times the way that Chelsea lost in the last minute uh, drew sorry in the last minute to Manchester United seeing out games Chelsea have been so fragile for a while seeing out a 1-0 win at home it, it, it's it's not pretty but there are intangibles to take from it um, let alone the confidence going into this big, big game. There's there's not going to be, you know, if Chelsea were to miss a chance early on against Dortmund, yeah, there would be frustration, but it's not, I don't know if it would be the here we go again, because Chelsea have scored a goal now. This was, it was such a big thing, a ridiculously big thing that Chelsea just don't score goals. It's five in 12. It's still not good. We've still scored less than a goal a game. We're still on minus goal difference. It's still not good. But going into Wednesday, Tuesday, I don't even know what day the game's on. Going into playing, yeah, yeah, going into playing Dortmund, it's not going to be this major, major thing anymore. It's probably still quite a big thing, but the 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 task is now beating Dortmund, and it no longer has to be scoring the first goal for X amount of games and winning the first game for X amount of games. It is just the, the task is there; it's in front of you. You've won a game, you've scored a goal, you've created some chances, you've looked good here and there. Go and put it all together. The fans are going to be right behind the team because Chelsea love these European nights. This is sort of what Chelsea have been made for, for for quite a while, for getting themselves going for this sort of fixture. And I don't think you can overestimate base level how important that confidence will be going into that game, that Chelsea can do this. That is so much more important than anything else performance-wise. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think I look back to, uh, I think it was 2017-18 season under Conte, we got battered at home to Bournemouth 3-0. We got hammered for, by Watford 4-1 and we had Barcelona on the horizon. Everyone was like, oh, oh!" But then we beat West Brom 3-0. We, I think we beat Hull and the FA Cup and we played Barcelona at the bridge and we were superb and we only didn't win because we made a mistake, but we were absolutely yeah. superb that night. And it just shows like the little things. As I said, all that wind does, it just, the outside noise just temporarily stops as well. Yeah. For now, the outside noise stops and we've got a nice couple of positive days building up to Dortmund where there's not people going, oh, two wins in however many games it is now. You know, it's, it's three wins in however many games, but people aren't going to say that. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the outside noise temporarily stops. So just from that point of view, like, it's just nice as well. Like, that there's not something to, like, linger on or dwell on, like, something bad to linger on, dwell on. Like, we won, we won the game before the biggest game of our season. Like, we go into it in a good state. So yeah, this, this was important. As I said, as we said at the start, in the grand scheme of things, nothing, nothing surrounding Graham Potter has changed because it's one game and one game isn't going to drastically alter really like the view on him because, you know, when you're not, you don't judge a manager purely on, on one game, but it was just nice moving forward just to get, sort of say to get that, get that one off our back, get, get that result. And we kind of, you know, take a little, very brief hiatus from the Premier League and we leave it just in, in a tiny better spot than, 
than when we started it. Um, there are there are better things to talk about and to focus on going into the Dortmund game now than yeah. Graham Potter. Is this his last game? Is he playing for his future? No. Right now, this is Chelsea Football Club playing for a place in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. This yeah. is not Graham Potter saving his job. This is not players doing this, players doing that. This is... And all of that can be left at the door now. Leave yeah. it for park it. If Chelsea lose and that's Potter's last game, so be it. But that is not the story going into the game anymore. Chelsea have, have done their bit before the game. That That's all you could ask them to do. Yes, putting five past leads would have been a bigger confidence booster. But it's also it also shows resilience that Chelsea haven't shown and something that undoubtedly will be needed for Dortmund. It's not going to be all Chelsea's way. There will be chances. I imagine Chelsea probably concede as well. Um, so they will have to show something. But they now have something in their back pocket to say, we, we've done this together. We can do this again. And that is so important for a yeah. group that have taken a hammering over the past three months and more. Yeah, as I said, the the narrative going into the Dominic game is now what we're going to want to hear. The conversation going into the Dominic is the stuff we want to hear. If a Champions League game, we do not want to hear sort of the background noise, etc. We're going to be just hearing about a big game yeah. against Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League, an opportunity to get through to, to, to the quarterfinal Champions League, which is what you play this competition for. We're going to hear the right stuff moving forward. And that's that's just good enough in itself. I mean, um, I, I don't, sorry, I don't want to make, it sounds like a bit of a stupid comparison. Um, but you were saying like, like, like Real Madrid last year won the Champions League. And they played well for like a combined 10 minutes in most knockout matches. And they just won those moments. And people like their mentality monsters, they are, you know, they know how to win the big moments. It shouldn't be a bad thing, winning moments. And I think yesterday Chelsea won the moments they needed to. It's not something they've done consistently. And it's not something that you would put your money on them doing again against Dortmund. But it's a sign that we just haven't seen and it is, it's a positive thing. Um, and it, it does seem like a bit of a strange comparison, but going into this game, the only thing that matters is if Chelsea get through or not. There, there won't be any room for, oh yeah, but we played well, like we did in the first leg. At the end of the day, if Chelsea get through, it's a success. And if they don't, it's a failure. That's just the way this is going to work. Yeah. Um, so you have to be able to win the moments. And finally, Chelsea did it yesterday against Leeds. They finally won the moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I'd I'd love us to have Real Madrid's knack of just just winning moments because they are they are absolutely good at it. But yeah, no, of course I do get the comparison. Final question comes in from Dan Hill. Free the back to stay and what to do about our finishing, which still leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, Tom, free the back. Ultimately, I mean, we've got to see that midweek against Borussia Dortmund. I feel we've got to, and again, even if it's not the most inspiring for fans, I mean, I guess it depends. But if results are going to potentially what keeps Potter in the job prior to you know beyond this season then I guess he's got to do what's got to do he's going got to work out what he's prioritizing between now and the end of the season but obviously the free back in the immediacy certainly has to stay for Dortmund I think and then just thoughts on finishing with Julie Zotterby side I mean it's nothing we haven't said probably on this podcast this season for the seasons prior to be honest Dan yeah it three of the back probably does have to stay which is funny because Chelsea fans I think unfairly um put three at the back as this terrible thing that was causing the terrible performances and going to four at the back was going to solve it all. And now all of a sudden it's, oh no, we have to go back to three at the back again. It's, it's quite funny the way that the system is not always the problem. The players are not always the problem. It's, it's a little bit of both. There's a grey area in the middle. There's room for balance. 
it, it it's probably the best way for Chelsea to be balanced at this current stage, especially if you think that James is being rested pretty much for midweek, which which you hope, um, which you hope is the case. Finishing, I don't know how you how you work on it. I don't know. Chelsea don't have the finisher. They don't have that bloke um, that's going to do it for them. They have to hope that you're going to create enough chances that one of them goes in. That might be the first one. It might be the fifth one. It might be the next one. You you just don't know. You know, Xiao Felix is not a bad finisher. Havertz is not a good finisher. It doesn't mean that they can't score chances in isolation. You've just got to hope that they do when it happens. You know, Graham Potter, no matter, no, no amount of, finishing training, shooting training, drills on the training ground is going to make the difference here, especially not in a short space of time going into Dortmund. It's, it's it's not going to happen. You just basically have to hope that when the chances come along on Tuesday night, they get scored. I don't know how it, I don't know how to improve that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, and we'll kind of, I guess, Dan, will pretty much give you an answer to your feedback question here. When we look ahead now, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tom, Borussia Dortmund, it's a big night. The biggest game of Chelsea season, it is essentially what our season is riding on, almost. It's an opportunity to give fans something to to take away from this season, just something to enjoy, a moment to to kind of look back at this pretty depressing season on with 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 some happiness and an opportunity just to extend our, our run in the competition and then who knows with the Champions League draw, etc. What could happen there? Before I guess we just get into the game, should we just pick a team for Dortmund and it will help answer Dan's question? So I'm presuming in goal it's Kepa. Back three. Unfortunately there's no Badi Shida because he's not registered. Uh so I'm guess is it and Silva, Tiago Silva is out, something we'd not even mention this podcast. He got injured against Spurs and he's he's out for this, which is a bit of a blow. But I'd imagine we've got Fafana at the back alongside uh, Koulibaly. And then I guess it's a question of, do we have Trev in there? If Do we bring Aspi in? Do we want maybe a bit more experience on a big European night with, with Aspi? Do we go with Trev? What are you doing there? I'd probably go with Trev. Um, Obviously, there's Cucurella to potentially play in a back three, but I, I'm not really keen on that. Wasn't it? Was he left out the squad again yesterday? I can't yeah. Was he, yeah, he was out the squad. Um, yeah, I, I would probably go... Chalaba would have to be on the right. Koulibaly's going to have to be in the maybe Fafana in the middle and then Koulibaly on the left because he's more of a natural left-sided player. I'm not 100% convinced of that. I mean, a back four would probably make more sense with the defenders we've got available of just Fafana and Koulibaly, but I do think you need to basically play a back a back three. So 
it would be a mix and match of Chalobah, Fafana and, and uh, Koulibaly. I think I think you have to go with that in the end. I don't think there's too many other options. Yeah, and fair enough. Wing backs, Chile and Reese, presuming Reese is fit, um, you know, he should be hopefully fit. Uh, in the midfield, it's going to be an interesting one because, you know, I think Enzo obviously is a nailed on starter. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing we'd say Kovacic. I mean, obviously there's maybe the shout for Zachariah, but I think he's just coming back from fitness. Um, he's not started really a game. Um, so I guess we'd be Kovacic in mid middle. And yes, there'll be issues with the gaps left in behind, but that's also perhaps why we need that back three to to sort of cover some of the, you know, the the, the space, etc. cetera, the midfield will we'll vacate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think as well, potentially, you'd imagine Dortmund are probably going to sit back for this game, try and hit on, on the counter-attack, on the transition. Kovacic is possibly quite a good player for this. It gives a nice balance of dribbling and passing between them. Kovacic has been really quite average, in fact, below par, basically, since before the World Cup when he was struggling with injury. But there's not too many other options here. Um, so I think he probably has to play for now. Yeah, then I guess we're going sort of the same front three that we saw against uh, against Leeds. It's got to be, hasn't it? Because, you know, they, they linked up well. They did create some some chances. And I mean, you do mention we think Dortmund may sit bad. But also, as we did see, like we, did, we didn't really have much of an issue creating or, you know, creating chances in, in Dortmund due to... Due to the style of the way they play, and despite Dortmund, you know, winning ten in a row, which you know will give them a lot of confidence going into this, you know, we we did see that in that first leg like, they did not look for a side that had won ten out of ten games in a row, some super amazing side. So you know, I do think there'll be the chances there. So are you going with that front three? Yeah, exactly the same front three again: Sterling, Havertz, and Felix. Um, I think you've got there as well. You've got plenty of Champions League experience. You know, Raheem Sterling's played in the final, played in semi-finals. He's an experienced player. Kai Havertz is. Some of his best moments, not necessarily performances, have come in the Champions League. And Jao Felix has played in it as well. It also allows Mudrik off the bench, could be really dangerous. I do think we could be in for another really good game. Like, I'm not expecting Dortmund to go Sam Allardyce low block. That's not the way they're going to do it. They're going to try and bomb forward when they get the ball. And I think it'll be a little bit like the first leg, first half, where it's just a little bit end-to-end pinball counter-attack. And it's just going to be about who is more clinical with the half chances they can create and who is better on the transition, I think. And that's a that's a good attack for that. Yeah, no, indeed. So, Tom, let's just kind of get into it, feelings about it. I'll be brutally honest. I am confident we can do it. As I said to you, like my confidence, even if we not be in Leeds, would not have changed because ultimately, when I look at this group of players and even looking at this squad now, it's still very much changed from the side that, that won the Champions League and pushed Real Madrid all the way up, but even you know quite a bit different from the side that that beat AC Milan quite comfortably mm. twice in the group stages. But you look at both that team, there's just opportunity and there's confidence that ultimately our best performances under Graham Potter have come in the Champions League. This side is more suited to playing in the Champions League, even judging off that first leg against Bristol. And there's players in there who do in the big moments. I do back Kai Havertz frustrates the hell out of me a lot. In a, watching a 38-game Premier League season. Oh, yeah. He frustrates me a hell of a lot. But he's got a goal in a Champions League final. He's got a goal in Club World Cup final. Goal in round of 16 and quarterfinals last year. Yeah, He is a player who, for the big occasion, you do have confidence in that he could put one away. He's a player who I think will thrive on that big occasion. As I point back, I remember that first leg when we lost 3-1 to Real Madrid last year. He was the only Chelsea player on that pitch who looked like he belonged about level of a competition in that first leg. He was... He was really, really good. 
again, looking to that front three, Joao Felix, this is why he's, you know, come on loan. I feel like come to the the group stages. This is a, this is an opportunity. This is a stage for him to really shows up. He's not really probably played in, you know, that many big games. I think he maybe probably obviously played in a round of 16 tie against us for, for Atletico. And he obviously would have played in a quarterfinal tie against Man City last season, but he's not, you know, played in that many big, big Champions League games. But he, this is an opportunity for him to, to put a statement out there. Raheem Sterling, you know, he's got a player in this Champions League who has had big moments in the competition it's it's a really exciting Chelsea team. Like when you look at it on paper, I was I was going through this with my brother yesterday, and I was saying, you know, in in next season potentially a back four of James Fafana, Badiashile, Chilwell with Enzo and another midfielder. That's that's a really really exciting, really really cool, dynamic, well rounded, balanced group of players it, it it's an exciting time everything other than what we're seeing on the pitch is exciting at Chelsea the only thing that makes me really worried for Tuesday is is the defense like if we had Badia Shile or even Silva one of those two available would make me almost putting Chelsea favorites genuinely I think we've seen these performances at Stamford Bridge under the lights as I say everything I agree with you on on this group of players like they've stood out, that they, they do seem to, there's excitement and unknown and, and chances for for this group of players to do something. Um, I'm not saying that, that, that this, that getting through against Dortmund here would, would even rival any of the, the recent accomplishments in the, in, in the tournament, but it's a chance for them to make a name for themselves, you know, just to, to, to become, this will be the Chelsea group of 2023, you know, the young group of 2023. I mean, Outside of Koulibaly, who's 30, but almost every other player, we've got Sterling 28, Kepa 28. Everyone else is, is just young. It's like under 25. It's, it's, a, it's a group of players waiting to write their name and stamp their authority on something at Chelsea. And, and Tuesday night offers them that sort of chance. And now there isn't this sort of looming, are you actually any good? Can you win a game? Can you score a goal? They should be freer to go out and 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 try and make this story happen because when the draw was made, I think people probably made Chelsea favourites for the prestige. For I think we were in pretty good, we were in decent form at the time. Would you certainly, believe it? Maybe? Like it was, yeah, we were certainly it was before we got really, really bad. And I don't think really, really bad it either. Like, and now obviously the tables have turned. It wouldn't be miraculous, but you know, far from it. You know, it, it's a, it was a pretty evenly drawn tie but with everything going on around Chelsea and the way that things have happened over the last couple of months it would be pretty remarkable if somehow they managed to come out of this and won um and as you say Nick I think the word to use is opportunity it's an opportunity now to get to continue your season yeah I'm really confident that Chelsea can do something here really confident that, that Chelsea can do something here I'm not fearing that game at all yeah, no, exactly. And even looking at Kepa, he's Kepa is someone who's basically sat on the sidelines during our Champions League runs. He's not really had a moment in the competition. Is this a time for him to to really stake a claim in this competition? Reese James, we know what he does on these big European nights. Look, look down Vinicius Junior. Champions League last year, goals against the likes of Juventus, AC Milan, etc. Ajax and pass. He thrives on the big occasion. Ben Chilwell at left back. You feel left back, left wing back. You feel comfortable with. And as I said with these players Kai as I said for String is it's another opportunity to give him us you guys the fans a moment to love him and adore him by 
because yeah, there are frustrations like, and there's doubts about whether he is the man moving forward. But he has given Chelsea fans so many, lots of great, great moments. moments. And it's an opportunity to give more moments. And again, we've got, we're talking about a bench. Mikhailo Mudrik on the bench. This is an opportunity. Could this be his Andre Scherler moment at Chelsea? What I'm talking about here. <laughs> no, no. Here, what I'm talking about here, because people might be the comparison. Chelsea played, when Chelsea played PSG in 2014, they're 3-1 down from the first leg. They won that game 2-0 and they progressed. Obviously, everyone remembers Denver Bar scores the winner. But Andre Scherler started that game on the bench and he comes on and replaces the injured Hazard, Chelsea's talisman. And Andre Scherler gets the first goal that sort of starts that comeback. There's an opportunity. And now Andre Scherler, to many, like at Chelsea, they go, oh, you know, he was good. You know, he got a hat-trick against Fulham. But for me, he got that goal at PSG. He started that comeback. Can There's an opportunity. Can Mikhailo Mudrik coming off the bench, can that be sort of like, in a in a difficult war, not even a difficult. He's barely played, but can that be sort of a moment for him? Can someone on the sub of the bench? There's also a moment for them. There's, this is my kind of point. Building up to the game. there are so many opportunities available I'm, for these I'm players in make... the squad to stake an opportunity that someone could have a moment, and that's exciting. Yeah, I, I I've already done a terrible comparison, so I'm going to do another one. If you look back to 2021, um, that that team and. Like there were a lot of players that ended up winning the competition that year that fans would not have cared if they'd left. You know, we're talking about Rudiger, we're talking about Christensen, Alonso, as always, Aspilicueta, Jorginho, Ziyech. You know, lots of players there that fans just they had enough of. They, they they were annoyed when it when Tuchel started playing them. And as much as getting into the top four and being on a pretty strong run, albeit limping into the top four eventually that season, it was the Champions League that made these players. Chelsea fans don't necessarily... Rudiger just became this character. But if Chelsea had just sort of walked into the top four that season under Tuchel, would Rudiger have become this this, this guy that Chelsea fans adore as much? I'm not convinced of it. I'm really not convinced of it. It was that Champions League run that that turned these players into a well-organised unit, into a team that fans then thought, holy shit, we can win the league next year. Um, Now, I'm not saying that Chelsea win the Champions League this year or have a good Champions League run and then everyone says we're title favourites or anything like that. But it's the sort of thing that, as you say, you can imagine this is a chance to go and do something special, to go and continue this run going, to go and give the fans that have been on your back and disappointed by large groups of you for several months now and been and, and been annoyed. Get them on your side because there is nothing more that Chelsea fans love than than being backed against the wall and fighting and proving people wrong because a lot of people would have written Chelsea off and have written Chelsea off recently and, and, and slammed them. I like it. Opportunity. Go and make your name. Go and become the cult hero. Go and have that, go and have that moment. You know, you look back to the 2012, the Napoli game. It's a last 16 game, but it's more important than, than the court. No one remembers the court final particularly. I think both legs were pretty crap. You know, you remember you know, the Benfica one was, was dramatic and the Raul Morelos goal and all that, but it, it's the Napoli game that stands out, you know, the way that Chelsea came back and those moments. They, they, they say that there, there's a chance here to to continue and kickstart their own story. It, you know, Chelsea lose, it's not the end of the road. You know, these players have got, 15-year contracts at the club. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> but this is a chance to, to, to do something for this season, to make amends. Go and do it. Take the opportunity. 
Exactly, exactly. And as going, you know, I know Wesley Fofana signed for these nights. You know, Enzo Fernandez left Benfica for these nights. There's these players. There's just opportunity everywhere. And there's got to be exciting. And for Potter, there's opportunity as well. As I said, it doesn't necessarily change much in the grand scheme of things. But if he wins, there's something positive for people to remember his time at Chelsea by whatever happens. Yeah. If he wins, people will always go, oh, that second leg v Dortmund. Because they will. Because Chelsea, because the reality is Chelsea fans, we have been starved of a big night at Stamford Bridge for a long time. That Champions League run in 2021 was remarkable. But none of us were in the ground to witness it. Yeah, it was amazing that Madrid night. But think how those nights, Atletico and Real Madrid. Think how amazing those second legs would have been with fans in the ground. Well, fans in ground when Emerson, my nemesis, scores, Emerson. scores, <laughs> scores that goal to put his three up. Him to score that goal when Mount scores that goal to send us to Porto. Just think right. how amazing the nights would be. As I said, it Chelsea fans, we've not really had a night. Ben Barcelona first leg was really good, but it was the first leg we ended up getting losing, and we didn't even win that game. And I said the last real, real amazing night at Stamford Bridge with fans in the ground in the Champions League. You probably got to go back to 2014 against PSG. That game I referenced earlier. There's an opportunity, which is in why us as fans, we've got to be excited. And I but think, I think it the is, fans I think... will take care of it. I think the fans will take care of it. They will be up for it. Stamford Bridge will be properly be up for it. Obviously, if we concede an early goal, then that for a spanner works, and then we've got to build ourselves up again but the fans will be up for it Stamford Bridge will be good Tuesday night I'm really really excited for the prospect and I think the players will be up for it I've got no issue I've got no questions or doubts about the players raising their games they'll be up for it because I mentioned before the Champions League these Chelsea players they turn up they stand up in this competition you look back to however poor Chelsea were even going back in 2022 but the games you pick out of those Champions League games with this group, it's what you do. We're, as I said, with Potter, all our best performances have been in the Champions League. This squad is suited for Champions League football. It's an opportunity. It's be excited. Be excited and have belief. Because if you don't have belief, what's the point of turning up on, on Tuesday to watch or tuning in, turning your TV on to watch it? Have belief because there is reason to believe. I'm not saying we're going to do it. You know, I do not, you know, I can't assertively say we're going to do it. But I have confidence we're going to do it because I think there's an opportunity. There's so much going for it to be excited by it there's so much going for it which is kind of what i wanted to end sort of the pod with this british Dortmund, almost sort of a rallying cry to sort of get people no, it is it is because it is, people because we've been so negative it is it so does yeah we've been so pessimistic and negative about Chelsea for so long, but tuesday is an opportunity it's the most exciting game of the season it's such a such yeah. an exciting time be excited for it. i go back even 2015-16 against psg granted we got knocked out that tie but we actually took it to PSG both games. We played fairly well. Obviously, lost 4-2 on aggregate in the end. But again, that was us having it in, in a really difficult season. And again, our best moments were saved for the Champions League. You know, this team is capable of it. And I do not think this Borussia Dortmund side, as good as that PSG team back then, they're beatable. It's going to be tough. We're going to have to probably be near on perfect to win this game. But it's possible. Believe. Go into Tuesday with belief because it could be a really special night and it could be the night... Now, even if it's just a night, but we then get knocked out limply in the quarterfinals the next round and we finish the league season tamely. OK, but we've had a moment. We've had a moment with Graham Potter and these players. There's an opportunity. Be excited for it. Be really excited and embrace the challenge and embrace the opportunity that Tuesday night brings. No, I, 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 I love I love this positivity because this is, you know, when I remember I remember in 2019, obviously, um, and the morning of the Bayern Munich game, like the first leg and you just sort of woke up and you just thought oh my this is a massive game you know this is Chelsea with a young team under Frank Lampard against Bayern Munich this is just huge it is these sorts of feelings that that comp- the Champions League brings it, it's just 
it, literally anything can happen. And I, I believe that even if Chelsea hadn't beaten Leeds, Stamford Bridge would still have been right on it. Because at the end of the day, it's not about Graham Potter. It's not about the players. They want Chelsea Football Club with a third star. You know, that, 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 that that's what people want to see. And it's not even about giving anybody their moment. It's not about, you know, oh, this proves anything for Potter. It's, it's, it's so much bigger than that. Potter would just be the man there on the sideline for now. This is about that the team going and doing something, making themselves known, giving themselves a moment. Because coming to next season, whether it's Potter, whether it's not Potter, whoever's the manager, this group of players will then have something to define themselves. Whether we're in the Champions League next season or not, it's looking extremely unlikely. These group of players would have something there behind them to say, look, this is what we can do. It's not gone swimmingly. We're in a bad situation now. But getting through this Dortmund tie and just moving into the quarterfinals, just staying in the hunt would give these players something to have next to their name to go from again. This isn't going to be their last Champions League run at Chelsea. It's just not. So do something with it now because it's going to hurt next year when you have to watch the group stages and the knockout rounds when you're not in the competition. That's it, It's so tough. Even as a fan watching, it's going to be even harder for a player knowing you're not in it. So make the most of it on Tuesday night. Exactly. Show you belong at this stage. Show you belong at this level. Show that, you know, show, leave, leave a mark saying, yeah, we're not going to, we, you know, unless obviously we win the competition, but show a mark saying, you know, we're not going to be in it next year, but we should be. And we're not because we've let ourselves down, but we've shown that we can belong and we can perform in this competition. Just show, exactly, just leave, as I said, opportunity, embrace the challenge and embrace the opportunity that Tuesday brings. It could go wrong. It could go badly. Okay. And then the season peters out and is what is. But there's so much potential upside and there's so much excitement and there is just so much to buy into. So be excited. Go if you're there, you know, be loud. It's, I mean, you will be. I don't need to tell you because you will be because everyone's excited for it. You will be. If the Champions League nights, everyone gets so excited for it. Just, you know, as I said, it's an opportunity. Everything we can, any outside noise, any doubts, any critic, they go away. They go away now. We focus on Dortmund and the opportunity it brings, the opportunity it presents to just have an incre- an amazing night in the Champions League and something to just remember, just to just to look back on in the fullness of time, whatever it be, just be like that night against Borussia Dortmund. It's just one of those things we can reference. Give us give us give ourselves as fans. Something to enjoy and something to reference on. Even last season, you know, next season, if we're not back in the Champions League, we just go, oh, that night against Borussia Dortmund. It just fuels the hunger that bit more. You know, just it's a reason, it's even more reason to get back in it and to go and make more nights like that. Exactly. You get a taste and you want it again. Those players get a taste of it and they'll want it again and again and again because it can be incredible. So go out there, give you all, get excited, get excited. It's Borussia Dortmund. Chelsea, you know, we're playing Borussia Dortmund. This is our first time meeting them ever in, you know, competitive fixture, you know, be excited is, you know, opportunity, opportunity. I've said that word a lot on this podcast, so I probably should should end it, but opportunity, be excited, embrace the challenge, embrace the opportunity. Tuesday night can be really special. And let's hope when I'm on a podcast next week, I'm talking about a momentous night against Borussia Dortmund. As I said, in the grand scheme of things, it does not need to be any more than a momentous night against Borussia Dortmund. No, just embrace the challenge, enjoy the moment, and just hope we can do the job. We're going to well, leave it there got quite a lot covered nice to end on quite an upbeat positive note 
get get the people going. It's provocative. Get the Come on, going. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, Tom, before you go, give yourself one last plug where people can find you and all your work. Yeah, um, if you're listening to this post Borussia Dortmund and we've just lost and been absolutely hammered, please don't go to at Tom Coley forty nine and give me abuse. Uh, please yeah, so don't, don't don't clip this up and post it and just like mock it with any fail concert, Right? We've got belief now. Right? Let, let us have faith. Let us have belief. Let us have this hope. Is- this is what one 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 nil win against Leeds does for Dream, you. Dreaming is free. That is why we must do it. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously all the football London stuff, all of the genuine build up, live action. I'm actually working during the game, which is going to be super tough. Um, and uh, all all of the sort of post match reactions and the jubilation at Football London and uh, at Tom Cody Forty Nine and. I don't know when we're doing our pre-match podcast. I don't think it's going to be as hyped up as that. But at the Blue Crew Pod 1 as well, we will also be reviewing Leeds and looking ahead to Borussia Dortmund. So uh, if you need a bit more positivity, then uh, go and check that one out when we eventually record. Yeah, nice one, Tom. As I said, all the links will be in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter, at that trust pod, we're on Instagram, at that trust pod, we're on all your usual podcast providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. If that has got you hyped up, feeling better about yourselves in the mood for Tuesday night, then please, if you've enjoyed, leave us a five-star rating review. It goes a long, long, long way. Please tell your mates, play it to anyone with a functioning pair of idiots. Even those last 15, 20 minutes, just full speaker. I mean, not full speaker, because we don't want to, you know, rupture people's eardrums or whatever, but full speaker, get in the house, go and get, get, get people Thank excited. Get people, get people going. But look, until the next episode, everybody, uh, you know, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.